everyone. Welcome to East Coast Office Hour Standby. It's Friday afternoon podcast. We're coming at you on a wintry Friday afternoon. It's me, Merritt. And with me, as always, is Danielle Riendo. It's me, Danielle. It's you. <laughs> it's me. So, um, Merritt, right before we started the show, uh, you and Jordan were talking about something that I just don't understand. I am BMW, uh, okay? <laughs> what it? What it? What? What is this? What is this I thing? I am elegant dog. <laughs> You're an elegant. Wait. Okay. All right. <clears throat> I am justice. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I. Do you know about VTubers? Yes, because I once saw Charles Entertainment Cheese, uh, doing a VTube, uh, oh. doing the VTubing thing, and that's how I found out about it. That's okay. how I learned. Yeah. So it's. Well, it's yeah. like when a character that is not a human being, like a, a puppet or animated character or whatever, is doing the Let's Play in a stream or, or yeah. not a stream, but like a presentation of a game. Yeah, like. you're you're streaming typically as a um, as a character. So it's just like streaming. I mean, most streamers are playing characters already. Right. But it's, this is yeah. just codifying that. Um, and. Like there's, it's a whole industry and it has been for a while and it's only starting to catch on in the West in the last year or two. Um, sure. With like Western agencies opening up. Cause like, yeah, this is stuff is run by like, you know, big agencies, like a lot of YouTube um, is at this point, but mostly they're like anime girls and they just get up to like weird hijinks and uh, they're, the animation can like range from like surprisingly good to like really just like unsettling. Um, <laughs> but it typically has like a pretty restricted range of motion. And just like they sort of just these like wide eyed characters just like reacting to things that are <laughs> happening in this very funny way. And I somehow yeah. came across this one called uh, Corone, who is a dog girl. A dog. Um, okay. So it's like we're talking like a dog with like a ponytail no, or like a girl no, that not has a furry. Ears. Okay, no, no, no. So not a furry. And when I say okay. dog girl, I mean in like the anime sense. Of I like see. Okay. A girl who sort of vaguely has dog ears coming out of her hair. Gotcha, like gotcha, gotcha. Formed gotcha. out of like the same material as her hair. Yeah, Jordan's posted a picture in the chat. Oh, really just a girl okay. who wears dog bones uh, as barrettes and then has dog ears and calls other people humans. Um, it's kind of like a Sheila from uh, Glow, I guess. I mean, she was a wolf. Sheila the She-Wolf, of course. Okay, yeah. Uh, kind of a similar sort of thing. I mean, it's, but, like, a, but that it's was, like a cat girl animated. or a cat boy. It's just the dog version of that. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Which gotcha. always raises the question for me, like, do they have two sets of ears? Do they have, like, right? a human ears? Or is it just smooth? Because either way is weird, you know? Um, we don't talk about that, though. Uh, yeah. In the fandom. But uh, <laughs> Corone is... Like this streamer, I guess she just like does all kinds of stuff, but like uh, she does these streams where she only speaks English because she's like trying to learn English. Okay. And okay. so she like won't speak Japanese. Okay. And um, they're so charming and wonderful. And like she'll, she's the ones I've seen are her playing um, Super Mario Brothers and then Mario Kart. Aww. And so like. It'll just be like, yeah, she'll call like, um, she just comes up with like different terms to call things. Um, and it, I want to be clear, like it's it's funny, not because it's someone being bad at English, but it's right, right. someone who is like trying so hard to like do this thing. And like all of her fans are like, you can do it. Like, Aww, like have confidence. Yeah. And so she'll just be like, 
have confidence and then like just runs off into a pit and then be like no confidence <laughs> um but she calls things like um lucky to use uh independence day um, oh my god because they're like rate because there's like a lot of things in mario like if you like the names are just completely different right like for like yeah fictional yeah. creatures and characters that are made up so like it's not like it's like you would have no way of knowing what something like that is called in another language, right? Because it's something that's yeah. just fictional. Um, so she'll call like Lucky Two's Independence Day. She calls like Buzzy Beetles Olive Boys. <laughs> uh, and she'll call like Hammer Brothers like Strong Turtle. Um, <laughs> and just like start, just we'll start doing like voices to herself to like amuse herself. Like there's one point where she's just like, running along and it's like i am mickey mouse i am mickey mouse and then just like <laughs> i am goofy <laughs> and then just like like ugly laughs at her own accent and it's just like very that's, very cute and like stupid um that's really good and uh yeah or and like you know like the chat will try to like help her when she like doesn't know the word for something so she's like what is this like spiny and chat types spiny she's like spinny it's called spinny Oh, it's spinny. And then they're just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, and then I watched another one where she was like, please teach me humans. Please teach me English terms that you use on the internet. And people were like, LMAO, bruh, pog. <laughs> so she's Good. just like, like, bruh? What's up, bruh? Bruh? <laughs> bruh? She's being a bruh. Yeah. I'm just like, this is what the robots are going to sound like when they come yep. for us they're just gonna be like i am alive and i have endless pain okay <laughs> i have like, confidence and then they fall into a pit like it's um, gonna be that yeah but yeah no they're I, I was thinking about it last night too like how weird it would be like how weird is it to be a famous vtuber because think right. about it like it's possible that I don't know anything about this industry, so I don't want to talk in my ass here, but like it's possible that certain VTubers like are run by multiple people who just like have sure. similar voices or put their voices through filters or whatever. But like assuming that it's just like one person playing one character, that would be like playing a character on a TV show, but like an animated TV show, but also you're not like in the credits and like no one like right. because you know on the the boards and stuff where people are like um fans of these characters they're like you know there's rules like don't try to like dox the people it's like corone is just corone like it's she you know she's not like the person playing this character right she is like right. this character um but that's so weird like I really want to read stuff now about like what that's like, yeah. like the experience of like playing the like a hugely because some of these YouTubers get like really big, like they're yeah. mega popular, um, and not just in Japan. Like there there are Western ones now, and even Japanese ones are really popular in in the states as well. But like that would be so weird to be like really famous as a character. It's like the the, the closest thing to like being a superhero almost of just like right. Like nobody cared who you were until you put on the, the <laughs> virtual mask, you know? A hundred percent. And all I can think of, I guess this is just film school brain, but like all I can think of is like, oh my God, how is this 
are these creative people credited? Like, you probably couldn't be like a SAG actra, actra, excuse me, actor and like do this because you have to be credited in a certain way. But like, okay, so what if you were like, yeah, okay, you're, you're in the guild, but you know you do this character really well and you could like mm-hmm. do it really well and you could get like great income. Do you have to like actually hide your identity from your union? So that you can get the money from VTubing, which, like, isn't recognized, I doubt, like, in any union contract. Yeah. So that you could keep doing your job as this character. Like, I how have, the fuck? I have no idea how this stuff works. And I, I assume it's one of those things where, like, legally, yeah. everything is so far behind. Like, legally mm-hmm. and, like, you know, all these structures take so much longer to catch up to, like, changing social rules and like to right. technology that that just like creates these new subjectivities that just didn't exist a few years ago um, yeah. or that did but like you know people have always played characters online right. um right but not to the extent that there's like a simulation of like that character in real time yeah you know um that I guess I'm wondering is divorced like from your your appearance, you know? It's yeah. Yeah. This is almost like oh, like a puppeteer on Sesame Street or something. Oh yeah. I guess that yeah, that maybe that, that might is be the, the closest. closest. That might you're right. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, it's you're basically a puppeteer. Um because yeah, like I'm like if I think about it, like I don't know any of the names of like the the you know, Muppet people who did the Muppet right. stuff. I mean, just like Frank Oz is the Frank only, Oz, you know, because that, that he's one guy famous who used for so to be many Kermit things, and then yeah. got into a thing with the Henson family or something. Oh God, I don't know about that. Wasn't that a thing? Like a few years? It might ago? be. It might very well be. Because I mean, if you think about it, this runs into some of that territory, though, right? Of like, oh, you have done this work, this like creative work. This is a character that you've created. You know, you're you're an actor portraying a character, even though it's in a maybe slightly different context than just using your physical body. But like, maybe you're not getting all the credit for it, or you're not getting the proper credit for it. It's it's really it feels like the setup for like a dark comedy from like the 2010s <laughs> right. of like someone who is really well known for this character that just like took over their life and then like, <laughs> uh. Yeah, I think I was thinking of Steve Whitmire. Okay, okay. Is that someone, he was the voice of Kermit the Frog. Um, I'm also thinking of Death's a Smoochie, but I don't actually remember that movie at all. So I'm not oh, sure if that's yeah. actually the plot to that movie or not. It has to do with like children's like characters um, in TV shows and it's dark, but I don't remember what happens in that movie. Oh yeah, no the uh, yeah he's a Barney in that movie as Jordan points out. But yeah, no Steve Whitmire uh, gotcha. was uh, was let go from the uh, from the Muppets Corporation or studio in 2017 oh, um, because uh, there's like some kind of weird shit that I guess Brian Henson didn't like him. He he made outrageous demands. <laughs> Oh my god! He, was he like a Fraggle Rock diva? I don't. Oh my know. god! He I was know. Kermit in the Muppet Christmas Carol, which is one oh, of the wow. only three good Christmas movies. So. It's a good, and that's where that that famous Danielle meme comes from, right? <laughs> yes. 
founder of the bees. Still don't really know what that means. Okay, so in, in Christmas Carol, it's like every version of it. All right, you I'm can sorry. explain this explain to me, it. and I still I'll won't just know explain what it, it means. I'll just explain okay. it. So d- during this year at fucking PAX East, like 10 seconds before the pandemic, um, like actively while every other event was being canceled, basically, we had a panel and one of the questions, we had a trivia section and the <laughs> an answer for something uh, was was Tycho Brahe, like the, the guy who, one of yes. the Penny Arcade people, right? And I thought it would be so cute and funny to do a little bit where I said, the founder of the feast, Tycho Brahe, because he was like the founder of PAX. Now, the bit that I was doing was that I thought everybody recognized Tiny Tim and Tiny Tim's little, the founder of the feast, Mr. Scrooge, because he's the one who wants to toast to Mr. Scrooge during the Cratchit's like very bleak, but very happy uh, Christmas day where they have, you know, the goose and all that good stuff. And everybody else is really pissed at Scrooge. And they're just like, wow, what an asshole. Scrooge sucks. Like, he doesn't pay you enough, Dad, and blah, blah, blah. And Miss Piggy, of course, is Mrs. Cratchit in the Muppet version of this. And she's great. Um, and the only one who's, like, really gracious about it is Tiny Tim, who's like, to the founder of the feast. So that was my great joke. Uh, and <laughs> the Muppet Christmas Carol slash really any of the Christmas carols. It's usually in the, like play if you ever go and actually see it live it's in a lot of the adaptations it's like tiny tim is just too good for this world it's kind of the idea that he is like you know he's so nice he's so sweet he's so mild that he will he will toast the health of scrooge even though scrooge is an asshole so yeah there you go friends (laughs) a little bit (laughs) a little bit of knowledge about how my fucking deranged brain works uh, and uh, in the moment at PAX, nobody quite uh, made, made the connection. And I just crucially, you did do the voice like you I did, did it <laughs> I did the voice really shoot. intensely to the point that it was difficult to, <laughs> to, to understand what I was even saying. Yeah, it really little makes sick sense. little frog voice. <laughs> I was I was the tiny uh, uh, dying frog boy uh, saying this thing. Yeah, I mean, so. he's still sick, right? Like. Does, yeah. does he get a cure for consumption or whatever he has at the end of that movie? In the, like, yes, yes. Crucially, there is a happy ending uh, to A Christmas Carol and the Muppet version. And the Muppet version is extremely close to the original play. Teenage. Right. Although it did uh, it did fuck me up the first time I, I read the original and I was like, wait, what do you mean? It's just Marley. Where's the other right, one? Right, that there weren't two. There yeah. weren't two. <laughs> yeah, Marley and Marley. Yep, exactly. Ooh. Just one. Ooh. What a great, like, all-time great dance number, actually. And, God, what a fucking movie. That is a Hi, great Hi, I'm movie. Michael Caine. No, Kermit, <laughs> you've got to work on Christmas. That's because I say so. You were only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. <laughs> good. Very good. Extremely good. Now, like, you gotta admit, it takes a it takes a strong presence to be the only human among Muppets. It does. Now, there was there was another human. His love interest, uh, Belle, was also a human, oh, uh, yeah. which is true. And there was a young Scrooge, of course, because he has to go back in time. Of course, we've got to go the ghost of yeah. Christmas past, present, future. Um, fun fact about me, I well, not this year, obviously, but every year of my life for the last like. 
since I was probably a teenager, my family has gone to a local theater on Christmas Eve and seen uh, a, a production, a local production of A Christmas Carol at the Trinity Repertory Theater, which wow. is like associated with Brown University. And it's like our little local theater. It's pretty good, actually, because they actually have like genuinely good uh programs there they like help run an mfa and all sorts of stuff and there's a lot of like actually very very good actors who go to it so for like a small town thing it's pretty decent and uh yeah i could probably quote most of that play i'd probably get like 80 percent correct i would say hell yeah <sighs> why so, do we fall ghosts <laughs> why do we why do we fall master cabot mr grinch why do we fall, Mr. Grinch? <laughs> You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Alfred, uh, Alfred Scrooge. Uh, it's his, Alfred his, Scrooge. His special and character. Grinch Joker. <laughs> Grinch Joker. I'm going to put Alfred Grinch Scrooge. Joker into my computer. Oh, God. Oh, no. Uh, what no, happened? My browser exploded. Oh, you don't have a computer anymore. No. That's, that's upsetting. Uh, and right before Christmas, that's... That's sad. Yeah, I know. Um, there is a yeah. Grinch Joker parody of a Grinch man uh, dancing on the stairs, which is great. We <laughs> yeah. love that. We love it. Yeah. Um, That's good. I like that. Um, I did want to ask, Merritt, this is something I uh, slightly discussed in a You Love to See It episode this week, but I think there are only like three or four good Christmas movies that I can like tolerate and handle and enjoy. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, of course, being one of them. Do you do you like holiday movies? Are there any that you like? Do, do, you, do I you like them? holiday movies? Um, that's a great question. I I love Home Alone. Yes, I'm a, that's I'm a, a good sucker. one. I'm a sucker for Home Alone. It's a good um, one. Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. Sure. Uh, sure. Also great. Also haven't great. seen that since theaters. Oh, uh, wow. That and uh, Adam's Family Values are the two movies <laughs> that I can remember very distinctly seeing in theaters and not seeing since. I watched Home Alone Lost in New York uh, like two years ago at Christmas with my mom. Uh, and it was it was fun. I think that was like one of the first pieces of media I saw set in New York. Sure. And sure. Uh, yeah, I, it's... Uh, you get a great Tim Curry in that movie. Uh, oh, shit. That's right. He's the hotel guy. He's the concierge. A cheese pizza. <laughs> Good. As he says when he, Kevin gets the cheese pizza just for him. He also gets his boxers pressed. I remember that happening. He, he almost certainly gets his boxers pressed. Yeah, he gets to stay in the big hotel with his dad's fake credit card. Um, also, <laughs> at one point... Um, Kevin's uncle uh, tells him, like, brags about how big his dick is. Like, what? I think more than once. <laughs> like, what? Uh, maybe it's just the one time. But yeah, Kevin's uncle is basically like, my dick's super big, Kevin. <laughs> just like, you <laughs> you little shit. My dick's huge. Like, wow. It's weird. It's very weird looking back. Um, <laughs> and also, yeah, everyone's fucking horrible to, to Kevin. Um, yeah. Even in part two. But yeah, no, the, that movie just presents this like unbelievably luxe 
image of New York City, just, you know, like Midtown, Manhattan, yeah. tourists, like staying in a fancy hotel, all this shit. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I like those wow. ones. What else? What are other? Uh, yeah, the Muppets one is, is all right. Um, I haven't seen that in a while. Uh, so John actually posited, well, of course, I, I do actually like Die Hard, but John also posited, uh, the other day that Gremlins is certainly a Christmas movie. Um, Gremlins. So it's in there. It's in the canon. There is that whole fucking thing about the sad story that the, the, uh, love interest in that movie talks about, like somebody dying in a santa related accident oh my god the, oh yeah what's her name in gremlins um that because that's what's her name um yeah oh my god um, the famous uh she she has a famous um like famous, rest shot in something uh, phoebe else. cates phoebe cates yes, yes that yes, yes. is in uh i believe that's in fast times at richmond high oh that's right that's right that's right um famous titty shot right there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's like quite a flex. Famous titty shot, famous, very hilariously sad story about Santa. Like, those are pretty good things, you know? Yeah, what is the... Okay, so... She... Yeah, like... She, okay, so yeah. She hates Christmas because when she was nine years old, her father disappeared on Christmas Eve and didn't show up on Christmas Day. And then several... Days later, he was discovered dead in a chimney while dressed as Santa Claus, hoping to surprise her and her mother. Uh, but he slipped and broke his neck. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where the story starts off like really fucking wild and also funny, but also very sad. And you just don't know what to feel. Uh, that's a that's a hell of a scene. In that movie. God, I gotta watch Gremlins again. I fucking love Gremlins. Yeah, it's um, really good. Like the everyone loves the second movie and for good reason because it yeah, just yeah. is like just weird and like just completely fucked up. Um but Gremlins is like kind of like a black comedy almost. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. Just so much bizarre stuff happens in that movie that isn't like just wacky. It's just like, wait. What? What? Deeply like, fucked. Like when yeah. that mom just puts a gremlin in a blender. <laughs> yeah. And then she's like dual wielding like kitchen knives or something. Like, what the fuck? And then and like, that, yeah. It's also um, so it's uh, Joe Dante and like, yep. It's a Gremlins one is like deeply confused as to whether it's like a nativist movie or like a anti-fascist movie like it i don't think it really knows yeah um like because the gremlins are coded in this very strange way um but then also it's like about the suburbs and like it's just like it's very very strange and the fact that it spawned a sequel that is what it is is like unbelievable (sighs) to me buck wild i mean obviously it's you know everyone knows how weird that movie is that key and peel sketch is still just yeah it it is like if you haven't seen gremlins 2 everything in that sketch like is literally in that movie yeah yeah and and it's and it's fun to watch which is saying a lot what i hate that like 
amount of stuff that's puffed into something. Like, I just generally am like, oh, I just get exhausted easily by randomness, I suppose. Um, it's the reason why I guess there are certain types of entertainment that just make me go to sleep. But like, somehow it has all this random horse shit in it, but it's still actually like a very fun movie to watch, which that's not easy. It's not easy to contain that much shit and still be fun. Uh, so like, congrats to you, Gremlins 2, mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. for still being fun despite being just a disaster from a writing perspective. Um, yeah, yeah, good shit. Did you know that Frank Welker was the main evil gremlin? <gasps> really? Yeah. Is that Stripe? Is Stripe, Stripe the main evil one? Okay. Yeah. Um, he uh, famously is Fred in Scooby-Doo and Megatron. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's done a whole mess of stuff. I love that immediately when I go to uh, Stripe, the gremlin. So I Googled that in my uh, tiny uh, computer in my hand. Stripe is the gremlin leader of the first batch. Being the main antagonist for the first gremlins movie, it's named after the white tuft of fur or mohawk on its head. Stripe is far stronger, smarter, and deadlier than the other gremlins, arguably even matched by brain gremlin? Brain Gremlin. Yeah, I thought brain, you said Brian brain. Gremlin, but yeah, Brian Gremlin. Hi, I'm Brian Gremlin. It's my name. I'm Brian Gremlin. I'm here uh, to take over. I Incredible. love Brain Gremlin. God, Brain Gremlin. He's just smart, and he gets a talk show, and <laughs> it's really good. We I, I guess we're talking like about puppets a lot today. We're huh? just, yeah, we're, we're I love puppets. Puppet I'm not gonna lie. I just love the. Like, well, of course, also my favorite thing ever made is Farscape, which actually used a lot of puppets. Um, It was a Henson Company co-production, I believe, with the Sci-Fi Channel and an Australian production. And because it was late 90s, early 2000s, I think the idea was that they didn't want to over rely on CG because it really just didn't look great yet. Um, so they use puppets for creature design. And that show still visually holds up so, so well because they use these practical creatures, like these practical creature effects. Um, and there are a couple of main characters who are puppets in that show. And it's like a pretty mm-hmm. serious, I mean, it's really goofy at times, but otherwise like a fairly serious uh, sci-fi show, like with a lot of drama and a lot of like death and life and all sorts of shit happening. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just fucking, I fucking love puppets. I think there's such a look to them. There's such a tactile feel to them that I just, I enjoy watching shows, like good entertainment that uses that as a form of creature design versus basically anything else, I guess. Even like people in suits. I don't know. I just love it. I I love it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, I want to shout out one of my favorite puppet related things, which is, uh, I I gotta find it though. Um, it's, uh, my friend Greg Erskine, uh, mm-hmm. from Twitter. He, uh, he, he makes puppets, um, or he made puppets. I don't know if he still does. He does so many things. He's like this amazing multi-talented person, uh, who like bakes and, and makes puppets and does all these other projects. But, um, oh, the series is called Lil Friendies. Um, let me <laughs> see if it's still, I think it's still on YouTube. This was like, you know, like a decade ago. 
um, little friendies. Yeah, little little friendies. Um, <laughs> and it's basically about uh, this this person who like wakes up and is like in hell, and then <laughs> uh, just like has to go to work in hell and like God, I love this. Um, just get a job and stuff. But um, one of the they did this like little like side thing um, called uh, cooking with Carl. Uh, and Carl is like this ancient demon that's summoned by these cultists, but then it's just like this little puppet and it's just like, Oh, Hey, Oh yeah. Do you want to, let's, uh, let's make some eggnog. Um, and the cultist is just like, yes, we will crush the eggs and make them give us their nog. And he's just like, yeah. Um, or, you know, just crack them. That works too. Whatever. Um, so <laughs> I love this. Go, go check that out. Little Friendies episode 16, clicking with Harl Eggnog. Har- um, it's like XH. I yeah, just found X- it. X- yeah. XHARL. <laughs> uh, the whole series is really good. Greg is like an incredibly talented puppeteer and like voice actor and everything. Um, but uh, this one uh, from yeah, like five years ago about making eggnog is is wonderful. That's so good. I, I love that shit. Um, I guess I should shout out, of course, uh, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared, which also is like of this. Uh, well, obviously, I haven't seen any little friendies yet, but from what you're telling me, it sounds like a little oh, bit of, my a, God, of a piece. Yeah. Like, like it's it's actually very funny and surreal and fun and wacky and like clear. You know, it's for adults yeah. using kind of the language of like Sesame Street or puppets or Muppets or something like that. Uh, just an incredible, <laughs> incredible series of shorts. Um the timey wimey one is like brain bending and wonderful and and very good and that was actually cited by uh anna mcgill writer uh on control who uh wrote the uh what the fuck were they called the like the deranged puppet show segments in um control which is a very good game yes the threshold kids thank you so much jordan um yeah Puppets, puppets, they're good. I guess that's the that's the like thing we're saying today. Puppets, at least they can be good. Obviously, not like every puppet is good, but good puppets, fucking awesome. Um, Merritt, do you want to talk about something that you worked on this week that was uh, especially exciting? I mean, it might not have to do with puppets, uh, but that's okay. It's okay if we didn't uh, do any puppeteering. I guess this week. Yeah. Um... God, let me uh, let me look back over over the week, the week in review. It's quite a week, you know. There's a lot of things happening. It's such a, a lot week. of stuff. Um. Uh, yeah. Okay. So one thing um, that was really cool was uh, we had a piece by uh, Ewan Wilson, nice. uh, who who previously wrote about the game. Cloud Gardens, which I really liked this year. Yeah, same. Um, I think it's one of your favorite games this year. It is. It, it is on my uh, goatee list. I right. really, really loved it. Yeah. I think the only reason it isn't on mine is because technically it's an early access. And so I was like, yeah, well, next ah. year it will be. Um, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> yeah, Ewan wrote about um, a few different games and a book and some other stuff um, basically the piece, so the piece is called Remember Piranesi, 
uh, exploring video games is Infinite Halls. And it's kind of just about like how games use space in these ways that um, a lot of literature does as well. Um, so like this new, this novel, Piranesi, uh, by um, Susanna Clark, who did, um, what's it? Uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Uh, ah, which yes, was like this yes. really well-received fantasy novel from about a decade or 15 years ago. Um, so she wrote this this book about, um, or called Piranesi, that's obviously named after the uh, this real architect who didn't actually really make that much, but just designed these huge halls and like um, created these like these enormous maze-like spaces and these imaginary prisons and stuff, kind of similar ah. to. Um, like the library of Babel, uh, from, mm. uh, what's his name? Uh, Borges. Um, but yeah, like just, so just talking about like the games, uh, the main games that he talked about are echo, which I totally missed. It came out yeah. in 2017. It sounds really fascinating. Um, and, uh, another game, uh, called, uh, manifold garden, which mm, was like yes. this, Escher kind of esque uh, first person game, but it was really fascinating. I always like these pieces that draw in like multiple different strands of of uh, or like different demands. Yeah, um, yeah, and like yeah, like he talks about um, the magician's nephew, the. Uh, Oh, I'm I'm so slow today. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. I'm like I'm like listening on the edge of my seat. I'm like, oh yeah, the this C.S. Lewis nephew. book. Like, yes. The C.S. Lewis book, like the Magician's Nephew, which was like a prequel yeah. to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Sure, sure. Where it's yeah. like these kids like exploring this huge, like endless kind of like hall, um, yeah. and that that's sort of like I, I was playing Dark Souls this week, which is weird mm. because. Historically, I'm not a big Dark Souls person. I was um, actually going to ask you if this was your first, like, <laughs> yeah, time yeah. dipping in. Uh, yeah. Well, not not technically. So okay. I okay. did try. Uh, I tried Dark Souls three a few years ago because someone gave mm -hmm. me a copy of it for the PS4, and yeah. uh, I beat the first boss on the first try and was like, "Well, maybe I'm just really good at these." And then I just <laughs> yeah. started getting my ass kicked. And I tried Bloodborne. Um, at the same around the same time and I just hated it and uh, sure, sure. so I was like these games are for me and I, I don't like their design decisions yeah and then just hearing people talk about Bloodborne on uh, 99 Potions uh, last week or the week before yeah. I was like oh maybe I'll give this another chance and I had Dark Souls in my Steam library from like years ago and not like the remake or the remastered one but like just just like the original uh, yeah. janky one and uh, I started playing it and um, was helped out on stream by uh, by Jordo quite a bit, which was yeah. really helpful and like, you know, <laughs> encouraging. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was really fun. But I got the same kind of sense. And actually, uh, you went and talks about Dark Souls in this piece of just like nice. it's yeah. like this big it's this huge city that is just like falling apart and this inscrutable bizarre place that just loops in on itself and is um seemingly endless and yeah. 
I'm like, oh, oh, I kind of see what people like about that. It's kind of yeah. a cool feeling. So, yeah, that piece sort of uh, renewed my desire to like delve deeper into that game. And uh, also just hit on a lot of my stuff because I love all that shit, right? Like, yeah. I love Calvino and like Borges and like all this imaginary city stuff and like just this sort of like endless architecture that um, that can be done in really fascinating ways in games. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of the things that games can do incredibly well, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not necessarily an emulation of something in literature, though obviously, of course, it, as the piece argues, there are a lot of connections here, but it's something you can actually simulate, right? Like it's, it's not just a thought experiment if you are actually creating a simulation of these kinds of spaces right, and yeah. these kinds of like impossible architectures. And it's really fucking cool. I, I also, I really, really love that kind of stuff. Uh, for my pick this week, I think I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the easy one and say, uh, I really had fun on You Love to See It this week. We watched Lesbian Christmas. We watched Happiest Season, which I liked a lot more than I thought I would. I thought I was going to be uh -huh. in pain. I thought I was going to like be hurting. Because again, I, I hate most Christmas movies. I hate most holiday stuff in general. I don't like hate Christmas. I actually love Christmas. I just hate a lot of the shit around it, right? Like, I hate a lot of the sort of the buildup and the consumerism. I just like hanging out with family and, like, yeah. getting a cool pine tree and putting shit on it. Like, I think that's great. That's awesome. That's a fun time. Uh, and, like, cooking nice food and, and hanging out with people and gifts are nice and all that. But the detritus around it, I guess, is, like, what I just, like, really hate. Um, but, yeah, it... it uh, I don't think it's great by any means, but it did entertain me, and it was a really fun conversation. We had uh, Natalie Flores on it. We had uh, token straight white guy John Warren on that episode, and we actually also had Ty uh, Gallies Rowe uh, on this episode, and we just had a lot of fun kind of talking about both, like— the movie itself and like how much better, at least in my opinion, the actors were than the material, uh, like because these are like actually really good performers in a lot of this movie and mm -hmm. kind of doing their best. And there are some really fun scenes um, and also just like what a fucking 90s throwback this felt like for me. Uh, and because the director is Cleo Duvall, who's like a like, kind of an iconic mm -hmm. out queer woman who was in a ton of 90s movies and like she's the love interest in But I'm a Cheerleader, which is like a very foundational queer movie for a lot mm -hmm, of people who are mm -hmm. basically my age, right? Like, oh, in the late 90s, just kind of coming out, just kind of seeing like, oh my God, it's like there are movies about queer people? Holy shit. Like <laughs> kind of uh, kind of exciting for that reason. So there were things uh, that I enjoyed about it, even if the movie is very much like it is and it knows it is a mediocre romantic comedy about rich white people like it knows what it is like it's not uh it's not more than that but um it did provide some good discussion and a lot of fun talking about it so that's in the you love to see it feed um i think we're finally back to the normal crew for you love to see it for next week so that'll actually be kind of fun i almost feel like wow it's been a few movies <laughs> like <laughs> it's been a couple weeks since we all had our our kind of usual crew so Kind of, kind of fun to experiment a little bit, and also kind of fun to go back to that. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now I know we are going to be changing the name 
of this uh, of this podcast at some point. Uh, you know, obviously, which is why. Oh, wait, wait, we've got breaking news. Oh my god! Merritt, do you want to do you want to handle this one? This this is incredible. This is incredible. Okay, so we normally do this on fan width, but um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, Jordan has just linked us a. <laughs> what is that's not a real okay. Gaylord Jordan has just linked us a a goodwill listing called Gaylord of various Xbox consoles. <laughs> Um, <laughs> as best I can tell, this is just like a big cardboard box with Xbox written on it with a bunch of Xboxes. There's so many! But I don't There's understand. Like Why does it say Gaylord? Jordan, is this a Texas a, thing? G- description, Texas? Gaylord of various Xbox consoles. <laughs> Subtract 75 pounds for the Gaylord and palette. Okay, so is a Gaylord like a thing? Is it like a thing? Yeah. Total weight is 914 pounds. Oh, apparently pounds. that is a genericized term for a bulk box. Oh my God, I love this. I'm going to use this for the rest of my life a now. A bulk box, also known as a bulk bin, skid box, pallet box, bin box, Gaylord, or Octobin. Okay, what? How? Octobin? Oh, okay, because they were made by the Gaylord Container Company. Oh my God. Stupid. I, I'm amazed. This is so many Xboxes. It looks like some original Xboxes, some 360s. I'm I'm trying to see if there's any Xbox Ones in there. Do we have a do we have ones in here? Or no, it looks like mostly 360s with definitely an original, at least one original, because I can see that one at the top of the third photo. Uh Price. that's incredible. Uh if you want a Gaylord of various Xbox consoles, it is gonna cost you five hundred dollars. Um, like, wow. wait, okay, wait, do they say how many are in there? It really doesn't. It, it just does says not say it's that 914 anywhere. pounds of X. Do you want 914 <laughs> pounds of Xbox consoles? This is a bulk Xbox. Well, t- technically it's, uh, 839 pounds of Xbox consoles right. because the box and pallet weigh like 70 something. That's what a lot for a box and a pallet. Hey, what the actually? fuck? How, yeah. how much does an Xbox weigh? Because you could do the math on this to figure out how many there are in there. Um, it can't be more than like six or seven pounds. An Xbox? Yeah. No, it's got to be more than that, right? You think so? No, you're right. It's okay. Wait, no. A P- an Xbox One is 7.8. A 360 okay. is 7.7. Okay. 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 So let's assume they're mostly 360s. Um, and uh, so. Just let me run the numbers on this real quick. Yeah, um, yeah. We're doing math here. We're doing math. Oh, okay. Original, the original, original Xbox the original's is bigger. Okay, yes. so let's take the average yes. of the 360 and the original Xbox weight. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm just going to plus 23. Doing some math. So that's like 10.5 pounds okay. is the average right. of those two. Yeah. Um, so 839. There's not 80 Xbox. Divided by 10.5. There can't be 80. Yeah, there's roughly 80 Xboxes in that box. There can't be. There's roughly 80 80 Xboxes in that box. 
I mean, fewer if they're mostly Xbox original Xboxes. Right, more, right, right. More if they're mostly yeah, more. Xbox and it ones. does look like that too. It looks like there's more. Do you want eighty Xboxes? It'll cost you five hundred dollars. Holy shit! How much would it cost to ship this? Like, it's pickup only. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. How could they fucking? This is in Fort Worth. Well, we got to go to Fort Worth. I guess so. That's it. Merry Christmas, Fort Worth. How? Why? I just. How are they going to sell that? Like, who's? Surely it would be easier to just be like we're selling 10 boxes for $50. Right? Like, these are just loose Xbox. This is just a pile of loose Xboxes. Do any of them work? That's the real question. Do any of them actually function? I just... Are these red rings Xbox 360? Economy. Like, what is the economy? I don't understand anymore. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm the gay lord of various Xbox consoles. That's my full title now. I fought Phil Spencer for it. And um Yeah, you should you should see him. He's he's in a gay lord down the street. Like he's he's not doing so hot. You know? Well, yeah, I defeated him in single combat. And now yeah. he lives at the bottom of a well in an old city. And if you approach him and offer him a soul, he will emerge. <laughs> and uh, he's a That's secret boss. I reduced him to secret boss status. Yeah. But only if you make like three very distinct conversation choices and also mm. eat an umbilical cord. So, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Well, on on that incredible note about our dear friend, uh, Phil Spencer, I, I think we're about ready to close up for business. We're about to ready to close up Untitled Podcast for, for business. Uh, please do uh, rate and review our podcast if you do have a moment. That helps us so very much. And you can listen to all of our great shows uh, besides this one at fanbyte.com slash podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Fanbyte Media, on TikTok and Instagram at Fanbyte, and of course, on fanbyte.com. You can watch all of our very good streams, including Merit's, uh, Merit taking on the incredible world of Dark Souls at twitch.tv slash fanbyte. Thank you so much to Jordan Mallory for not only producing this show, but also introducing us to gay lords and gay lords of 80 fucking Xboxes. That is wild and my brain is broken now. Merit, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm at Merit K on Twitter. Amazing. I am at Danielle R.I., and I'll be thinking about this all day. On that note, office hours are now closed for business. <laughs>